You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends. Welcome to our second summer snack stack. I'm Annie. I'm Sydney. And I'm Nia. We're going to continue during the summer season and give you snack-sized stacks to keep you up to date with what we're reading. So, Sydney, why don't you share with us what you are reading right now? I am getting back into fiction, dipping my toe, dabbling a little bit, because I've been nonfiction for, I don't know, a long time. We've all (laughs) had good laughs about how much I love reading nonfiction. I am jumping into a series that I hope is fantastic because it's based on a TV show that is my favorite TV show. The TV show is called Rizzolian Isles. It was on TNT a long time ago. It, it ran seven I seasons. I love that show. Oh, it, I never show. watched it. It was my absolute favorite TV show ever. And because it was a summer show, it almost always came out on my birthday, oh. which made it even better. Like it was like a birthday gift that TNT was giving just to me because Rizzolian Isles was my favorite show ever. And I finally, it's been long enough that I feel like I can pick up the books and not be like, well, that's not how the show did it. Mm, like, I feel like I can find, like, it's sure. been long enough. That's a real problem. Since yeah. the show ended that I can pick up the books and, and enjoy that world again without comparing the two. So the first book in the Rizzolian Isles series, there are currently 12 books in the series. There's a 13th that's getting ready to come out. It's by Tess Garretson. The first book was published in 2001. So I'm jumping back quite a ways. And so I have to keep reminding myself when they're talking about technology that it's not current technology. It's 2001 technology. It's 20 years ago technology. (laughs) 20 years ago. (laughs) Why did you have to do that? I was fine (laughs) thinking it was just a little while ago. Nope. I was still in junior high at that point. I don't want to think about that. Hmm? Uh, Okay, fine. It's. Yes, Nia, it was 20 years ago, and I'm finally picking it up now. Thank you very much. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) This series is going to be fantastic, okay? okay. It will be fantastic. I I really need it to be, because I I genuinely miss the TV show. I was Mm -hmm. really, really sad when they ended it, so I'm really hoping that getting to dive back into the books will help me just enjoy what I feel like I've lost, so... I'm excited, but I'm going to read to you the back cover from the book so that you feel excited about it too. Because I can't be excited alone. We know this. I have to be excited with people. That's why we're here. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. He slips into homes at night and walks silently into bedrooms where women lie sleeping, about to awaken to a living nightmare. The precision of his methods suggests that he is a deranged man of medicine, prompting the Boston newspapers to dub him the surgeon. Led by detectives Thomas Moore and Jane Rizzoli, the cops must consult the victim of a nearly identical crime. Two years ago, Dr. Catherine Cordell fought back and filled an attacker. Filled? Fled? It says, it says filled. Filed? Maybe it's a typo. I think it's supposed (gasps) to be killed. No. I think because it, uh, because afterward it says, now this new killer is recreating I think it's supposed yeah, to be killed. I think it's, supposed to I think be it's killed. a typo. I think it's, Oof. I think it's a typo. Okay. I'm noticing okay. more and more typos like that. Oh, mm-hmm. editors do better. Pay your editors. Yeah. Pay your editors. Yeah. You get what you pay for. Pay them more. Get, get better editing. Yep. Okay. So two Please years set. ago, <laughs> <laughs> two years ago, Dr. Catherine Cordell fought back and killed an attacker before he could complete his assault. Now this new killer is recreating with chilling accuracy the details of Cordell's ordeal. 
With every new murder, he seems to be taunting her, cutting ever closer from her hospital to her home. And neither Moore nor Rizzoli can protect Cordell from a ruthless hunter who somehow understands and savors the secret fears of every woman he kills. Oh, that sounds so good. Here we go. Like, dive in and catch this guy. Yep. Like, okay. Right. Let's put a bad guy behind bars or six that- underground. Either way. <laughs> Does that follow the tone of the show? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. The show, the show is a, a crime procedural that definitely has some dark twists. Okay. Like it's, it's definitely not a, a fun, lighthearted show, but the characterizations that the actors created in that show are so incredibly well done that you yeah. forget that Jane and her brothers aren't actually Jane and her brothers. When they're talking and they're like, ma, because they're all in Boston, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, ma, Tommy did this, you know, and, and Frankie, you know, it's, it's all very Boston-y and it feels so authentic that it just, the characterizations of that show sucked you in. And so I'm really, really hoping that the show isn't better than the books, but is as good as the books. So that I when I am in the books, also. the books are, are enjoyable as well. I feel like you're putting a lot of pressure on this book series and I hope that it meets your expectations. I feel badly because I know that I am, but I just have such high hopes because she's a New York Times bestseller. Like all of her books have hit New York Times bestseller status. So does this book involve any of the writers from the TV show? No. Okay. This book was written long before the TV show came out. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. This book was this book came out in 2001 and the TV show didn't come out for a significant number of years. Okay, so the the I TV series that. is probably based off of this. I didn't realize the, that. I thought yeah, it was I missed that. I'm sorry. No, the TV series is because of the books. Uh, okay. So Yeah, I totally see. missed season that. Season 1 came out in 2010. So the the first season of oh, the show okay. okay. aired right after right after the first run aired right after my birthday nine years later well then i guess my question is backwards was the author involved in any of the tv show so i believe that she had some input i don't believe it was a lot of input okay and one thing i've noticed is that not all of the characters match the physical descriptions that the that the author gave them in the book Mm -hmm. sure but the, that's okay if but the, the actor but the show did a really good job of making that that character do a really good job so okay i just i'm just gonna appreciate what i have and be glad <laughs> sure. that i can go back to that world even though i mean as i'm reading it you're like why does she want to go into a world where guys are sneaking into bedrooms and killing women like i don't that's want that reality well, <laughs> that, i mean that happens let's be realistic here yeah yes. yep. but um but at that that description completely sucked me in. Yeah, so. it's a good one. I just like, I like the idea that you have these really strong female characters that don't need men to save them. Exactly. They, they're they capable yep. of handling when things go bad and they can stick up for themselves. And while they enjoy having that camaraderie and that kinship and that, that connection with others, they don't require it, yeah. which... I is just kind of refreshing, especially from 2001. Well, you'll right? have to tell us how that, that turns out. I would mm-hmm. love to let you guys know how I feel about <laughs> it after I finish. Yes. After you finish. So Annie, what about you? 
So I have taken this summertime to read through books that I need to read through and also describe need to read through like like emotionally like you just feel like no they've been sitting there too long or like someone had told you that you have to read them and so you're like crap I guess I better read this those two things um (laughs) required reading okay so we've talked about how 2020 happened and it's no longer 2020 which means I have been out of the classroom now for two full years and I want to go back in another three years but it is time for me to start cleaning out my house of Mm -hmm. books And I have all these books that I'm realizing I need to go through them to decide if they're going to come back with me to a classroom or if they no longer are relevant. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. So So it's required reading, but it's required reading that you gave yourself. Yes. Okay. I feel better about that. Yeah. So this one is titled Labyrinth Lost and it's by Zoraida Cordova. Came out in 2017. Uh, It is a young adult series. Book three came out in 2020. And so I think the series is finished, I think. Uh, And the whole series is called the Brooklyn Brujas. Doesn't Bruja mean witch in Spanish? Yes, it does. And they talk about how they are not witches. There is a difference between a Bruja and a witch. Hmm. I can't remember what they said, but it was really funny. Something like witches have wands and say words. And we use ingredients and say spells. It's really funny. Something like that. So go, okay. go read the book in order to find out what they actually right. said. Go and read the book and see the difference find it really funny as well. between brujas and witches. Uh, <laughs> but it's a young adult series. So there are three girls in their family. Um, Alex, the main character, is turning 16. She has an older sister who's still in high school. And then a younger sister who I want to say is like 10, maybe 12. So they're all within teenage, preteen age. Uh, And they're a whole family of brujas and they're in Brooklyn. She does not want to have her powers come forward. She's the only one of her three sisters who hasn't had her powers manifest. And she has been, they haven't manifested because she's keeping them down because she is afraid of them and does not want to have powers. She does not want this magical thing in her life. She just wants to forget about it and live her life as any other teen in Brooklyn would. But then her powers come forward like, you know, five pages in and (laughs) yeah. So not a spoiler. Uh, It's a pretty big epic. You have powers. What are you doing? You just destroyed the school. Yeah. So then you uh, them up and you know, yeah, yeah. you, you kept them down for too long, kept them down for too long. It exploded. This feels like just what you've explained so far feels very much like charmed. The original. I did, haven't watched the the remake because I really liked didn't the watch original. that one. Okay, so I'm on my own. <laughs> Sorry. <Cool. laughs> there's there's three yeah. sisters. Yes, I did know that. Mm-hmm. The oldest one is like, oh, powers, and the youngest one is like, ooh, powers, and the middle yep. one's like, mm, but how is this going to ruin everything? Yes. So it, it feels very. There's a little practical magic flair in there. Yeah, too. it a just feels bit, yeah. very. It it feels. Uh, similar to things that I've heard of before, but I'm sure this mm-hmm. is taken in a very different way. So tell me how, tell me what happens next. Yeah. So the older sister is very like, you should embrace your powers. They're amazing. Look what you can do. And then the younger sister is a lot more realistic about it. And she, cause her powers are not the same as her older sister. Like her older sister, Lula can function and still have magical powers. And the younger sister, it definitely affects her life a lot more. Oh yeah. Just in the way that they've manifested themselves. 
yeah so then she has a death day ceremony which is what it's a party where her family gives their blessing to her power is it why is it called the death day ceremony or is that a spoiler no it's not a spoiler i just don't remember okay like death of self and probably reborn is i think that's it yeah that that would make sense to me a rebirth Yeah. yeah yeah But her family gives, she's supposed to get their blessing and it's supposed to amplify her power. And later in the book, there's a character who didn't have a death day ceremony and they go into how that has affected him versus why you have one and the importance within their magical community. I don't want to give that away because that is a spoiler, but because Alex does not want her powers instead of performing the canto as a blessing she changes it to kind of be a curse and it makes her family all go away yeah oh no oh yep Yep. and they go through a pit and all that is left is scorched feathers on the ground and then the police show up because they're like hey weird things are happening at this house yeah (laughs) yeah so the police you know real world is happening around them right yeah so the police show up and she freaks out and she and the boy that's going to help her, um, they go into a portal in a tree and the best they have- portals are, yeah, I, feel like that, I feel like that is like where the best portals happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. With police sirens. Oh, cause you know, they've Sense shown of urgency. Yep. <laughs> Whole family's gone. So then they go down to Los Lagos, which is where her family is. And she has to go save them all. And while they're in this land between worlds they run into a whole bunch of magical creatures there are fairies that try to get them to eat the fairy food and stay there forever Mm. there are bird women who try to kill them and have lots of issues with men uh they just you know (laughs) go through these twists and turns in this magical realm and and try to figure Mm -hmm. it out Uh, yeah it was really good i liked it i liked Mostly, I liked her friend, Rishi, who is not magical, and she just pops up and is like trying to figure out all these amazing things. And just the relationship that she has with Alex is, I think, really well done and very powerful and very girl power, but also accept yourself. And I wish I was you, but I understand why I'm not. And let me help you be you because I can't be part of your world. I can't be you, but I can help you embrace what you are. That's so, so cool. that was oh, yeah, like it was that. really cool. Uh, the book does end in a nice bow, but there are two more afterward. Probably because they didn't get the the nod to write a sequel until after the first one was published and did well. Yep, probably that does make sense because I I don't think the second one came out until 2019, and then the third one was 2020. So I think books two and three came out quickly afterward. Sure, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It makes me think of what um, it makes me think back to our stack with scott savage Mm -hmm. when he was talking about you know most publishers don't do multi-book contracts right and so it's you know i want to sell you on this idea and if we do two this is where it'll go and if we do three this is where it'll go yeah i think i have book two i don't have book three but i've started on book two and it seems to just further uh the three sisters and their stories cool so i'm excited to see how their character arcs continue nice and where we go with that You'll have to let us know how that, how that goes. I think I will keep this. I think I'm going to keep Labyrinth lost in my classroom because I think there are a lot of people that want to read magic, witches, spells, cantos, 
and it brings in the Spanish speakers. Yeah. And I, I live in Texas. This is not a surprise. Shouldn't be at this point, but I have a whole subset of students that could really benefit from a different perspective on the witches wizards world. So I think I'll keep it in my classroom. I think you should. Representation matters. It does matter. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. Nia, what do you have? So complete shift from, from what I was reading before I am (laughs) picking up. (laughs) See, I'm the one with the nonfiction this week. Yeah. We're rubbing off on each other. Yeah. I'm picking up a book called the poison squad. One chemist's single-minded crusade for food safety at the turn of the 20th century. And that sounds amazing. (laughs) I really want to uh, read that. So there is a PBS documentary as well. If that sounds like a little too heavy to actually read, read. The book came out in 2018 and it was written by Deborah Bloom. And it goes into, so we have the FDA. We have the FDA. Food and Drug Administration. Yes, the Food and Drug Administration. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So a, a lot of it goes into what happens with our food and why we have the food and drug administration, why this is even here, because you had like food was super dangerous uh, at the end of the 19th century. So like, I'll, I'll read the, uh, the little blurb on it. And that, I think that'll do better than anything I can surmise from the Pulitzer prize winner and New York times bestselling author, Deborah Bloom, the dramatic true story of how food was made safe in the United States and the heroes led by the imitable Dr. Harvey Washington Wiley, who fought for change. By the end of the 19th century, food was dangerous, lethal even. Milk, and that is in air quotes, y'all, milk might contain <laughs> formaldehyde. What? Most. Yikes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was used as a shelf stabilizer. Okay. Gross. And oh, that's yeah. what I give my one-year-old. So, okay, I'll finish reading this in a minute. So what I do know about formaldehyde this or is milk, um, milk uh, with checking. no formaldehyde because <laughs> of the FDA. Yes. So they found that milk was spoiling very quickly when it was coming from the farms to get back into the city. And there were studies done that if you add a little bit of formaldehyde to it, it will keep it better longer. A little bit, like a tiny drop for like a huge quantity will keep it shelf stable longer. And a lot of the places that were shipping it were like, cool, we're just going to free yep. pour that and make it last longer. Not realizing what, oh yeah, that looks at me. That was the look I had when I was re- learning about all this stuff. Oh my Math goodness. is important, friends. Follow the math to not poison the people. Oh. Well, and it was, there was a lot of ethics involved too, because it was, oh yeah, we can sell that and it'll be fine. Yeah. It gets worse. You think that's bad. Oh. oh, just the milk, just the milk stuff. You guys is really horrifying. Food um, is so gross mm-hmm. oh. when you really and, get and involved in food it is mm, there's a lot right and I mean it's it's interesting because we talk about you have all of this like yes you know you want to have whole foods and you don't want it to have a lot of additives and I get that but what we used to do to food is really horrifying this is yep. why we have food labels like and tamper proof um, lids yeah, but I think that was more from the the Tylenol poisonings still, with cyanide in the still. in the eighties. The fact but, that uh, we didn't have that yeah. safety yeah. first, friends. Safety, <laughs> safety first. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh if goodness. you are queasy, if you are queasy, this probably is not the book for you. 
because we're talking formaldehyde and milk and that is probably the tamest thing they did to the milk. I oh, am not no. going to get into some of the stuff I know that they did because I like our listeners. And if you are eating while you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, I don't want to do that to you. So I'm just going to stop there. Uh, but it talks about, well, I'll finish reading the, the stuff here because the blurb is, <laughs> the blurb is pretty tame too. So we talked about the milk. Uh, decaying meat was preserved with both salicylic acid, a pharmaceutical chemical, and borax, a compound first identified as a cleaning product. So cleaning uh, product and the thing that gets rid of your acne was how we were preserving meat? Yep. Cool. Uh, it was not by accident. Food manufacturers had rushed to embrace the rise of industrial chemistry and were knowingly selling harmful products. Unchecked by government regulation, basic safety, or even labeling requirements, they put profit before the health of their consumers. By some estimates, in New York City alone, thousands of children were killed by embalmed milk, which is in quotes, uh, oh every gosh. year. Every <laughs> oh year. Oh my gosh. Embalmed milk? Embalmed milk. So in 1883- That does not have... make it better. No. Oh my God. That, like that doesn't make it a euphemism. Like that that doesn't- Oh, oh it's my... pretty accurate though. Oh. Yep. Yeah, but oh. Yeah. So you have this Purdue University chemistry professor named Dr. Harvey Washington Wiley, who was named chief chemist of the agricultural department. And they began to methodically investigate food and drink fraud. Even they, what they did is they were tasked by the federal government to look into this and they conducted human testing. They got volunteers of healthy oh young men to be like, Hey, can we feed you stuff and see what happens? And they went, sure. What could possibly go wrong? Sure, why not? That's free so food. They were, they were fully consenting <laughs> adults. They, they weren't tricked in any way, but they were known as the poison squad. Wait, oh my the, gosh. these young men, the testes were known yep. as, okay. Yep. And that is what this book covers. And so they went it just took 30, over 30 years for them to get the regulations and stuff in place. Oh my gosh. So this um, was all in the 18... Like late 1800s? In okay. the late okay. 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And he's trying to get food and safety and consumer protection in place. And again, 30 years, this took 30 years of fighting and it took until Upton Sinclair's book. Yep. The Jungle. The Jungle, the jungle. came out as a catalyst for people to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was the first thing that popped into my head when you read that title. Me too. Yep. And that's why, is that was yeah. a very big push. And that was when the Food and Drug Act was passed in 1906. Okay. Uh, so this talks about a lot of like how that happened and why it had to happen right. and what had to go into it. And how we're kind of backsliding. I don't know if it covers into that. The, the podcast I was listening yeah. to that recommended this book talks about the, the backslide we're starting to do now, yeah, which it's not is great. a little horrifying. Yeah. So, well, the makeup industry hasn't had the regulations updated for, by the FDA since the 1930s. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, you know, what goes in makeup goes on your skin and your skin is your biggest organ. So you'd think you'd kind of want to know what's in there. I can tell you there's stuff I'm allergic to that's in a lot of applic- you know, stuff you put on. So I'm a little worried about, you know, what's in the labels. Thankfully, mm-hmm. I don't wear a lot of makeup, so I don't have to worry about it. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into this book. I don't think it's going to be one I can binge read because I think it's going to no. be a little horrifying. It does not feel like a binge um, readable book. Mm-hmm. Or something before bed. No. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely not. But it sounds super fascinating. And uh, I'm looking forward to dig in. It's th- over 300 pages, so it's not a oh, wow in book. Yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're looking for the, I don't want to read that, but I want to know about it. PBS <laughs> did a two hour documentary on it. 
cool. Um, Called the Poison Squad. It's on their website. I don't think that one's behind the paywall. I would have to double check. But it's PBS, you guys. Maybe throw some money their way. And then if you're interested in the podcast that I got the recommendation from, it was an episode of Behind the Bastards. And it goes into the FDA. And that's a big two-parter. He's wonderful. He's angry. He does a really good job on his research. So nice. uh, highly recommend that too. Definitely a different vibe from what we do though. (laughs) Uh, But it is one of my favorites. So I'll throw that. I'll I'll throw a a recommendation out there too. Well, thank you. Yeah. So that is what I am currently reading right now. Well, thank you for sharing those titles. Hopefully people are able to maybe see a different side of us to see what we read when we have time and maybe pick something up from those titles. Friends, thanks for listening to this chapter of the book stack. As we sign off, we'd like to leave you with some food for thought, and we'll see you next time when we take a look at what we're reading now or next this summer for our third installment of our summer snack stack. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books mentioned in our stack. If you read a book from this stack, let us know what you thought on social media. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. One benefit of summer was that each day we had more light to read by. Jeanette Walls, The Glass Castle.